Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their, their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their hosts by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord, Yahweh, is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, joined by Jennifer McClish, the people's favorite, (laughs) and for a very fitting passage, an amazing passage. Jennifer, if this doesn't make you want to get an eagle tattoo, (laughs) I do not know what will. My That's mom true. Is if weeping. I was ever going to consider a tattoo, it probably would be this one. There we go. There we go. Uh, my mom is weeping in Birmingham, but <laughs> she even she has to agree with me. It's a right. great passage. It's a great passage. Um, or they have tattoo. Whether it makes you want an eagle tattoo, that is up to you and right. the Holy Spirit. But uh, we are in the end of Isaiah 40 today, three days into our little trek through Isaiah 40 to mm-hmm. 55 in tandem with Colossians um, on Sunday mornings. And man, Isaiah 40, just, I feel like a broken record, but an amazing portrait of the Lord. And there's this little passage in the middle that we read yesterday where he, he juxtaposes the glory of the eternal God to, you know, little wooden idols. <laughs> right. And then he goes back to the glory of God, which, you know, I think a great, I'm glad Will Kynes paired this up because the preeminence of Christ, that Colossians yeah. one passage is yeah. just such a similar, powerful type thing. It's glory and majesty. I oh, mean, yeah. Come on. Exactly. It's just like, yeah, it, it's, it opens up your mind in right. these amazing ways. So today we're doing verses 21 through 31 Mm -hmm. um which begins with some more rhetorical questions yeah and then back into the character of god so jennifer that's right jenny mack tell (laughs) us what are your thoughts on this concluding section of isaiah 40 yeah well it's like um isaiah keeps going um he's basically making a case he's arguing this he's 
describing, uh, you know, that he's been to the top of the bowl and seen mm-hmm. the sunrise. And it's just so um, it, that is what renews our strength to keep mm-hmm. going through this, you know, wilderness um, that we are living in the already, the not yet. And it's you just can't do this enough, I think. And that's another thing about this that really strikes me is that, again, how important it is to um behold God through the eyes of God, Mm. not just our like kind of simple attempts. I've actually, I hear this a fair amount from if there are people with spirituality that aren't Christians, but they're like, I love, I really sense the presence of God, like in nature. Like I like to go out and, you know, be with them or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's obviously not nothing. I mean, God, Jesus tells us all the time, look to the, look to my creation, you know, because that kind of gets you out of your head Mm -hmm. um with all the um, things that we think we understand yeah but this the way is to really behold him in his word and to contemplate these things and then he goes and he starts with the contrasts again you know talking about the nation these princes i mean honestly you think about the most formidable person in the world right now and they're just like nothing before Mm. God. They're like a seedling. They're like Mm -hmm. um, scarcely even planted. And it really started making me think again, the fear that um, we foment about, you know, things and people and what can be done to us and Mm -hmm. um, persecuted church and um, just how people who can walk through that knowing that what can man do to me? Mm. Like this is God. And that he keeps not only telling, you know, highlighting his power, but also his relational, the beauty that he seeks with us. And I, in the passage yesterday and in here, you know, we see these references to God and then we see Lord, the capital L-O-R-D. And I love the um, uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones and the, um, in the children's, um, what is it? The, no, I can't remember the little, the children's Chil- Bible. Chil- that storybook Bible? Storybook Bible, yeah. yeah. And you know, whenever she, instead of saying Yahweh or Lord, she has this phrase that she often uses in there that, that it's the God who loves his children with a wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Woo! Yeah, I know, I right? That. It's like, yeah. but you can tell that um, Isaiah is convinced of this, that he's experienced this God and mm. he wants us to as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love flying out of Atlanta. I hate oh, yeah. I hate driving to the airport. I hate going through <laughs> security. security. I hate waiting for the plane to taxi. <laughs> uh, most of the experience is not great, but I love the act of actually like literally flying out of Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm an aisle seat guy. I know everyone's different. Oh, yeah. So I hate being like crammed in by window. Yeah. But the one thing that I enjoy is the four minutes or so where you're like taking off and kind of flying out of civilization mm-hmm. and then the like three or four minutes where you're flying back into a city. Yes. And what I think is so like, I just always have this like profound moment where, you know, when you're in the city, like if you drive through Midtown Atlanta, it's like these crazy nice cars, uh, these crazy dumpy cars. Right. Uh, you know, these like the King and Spalding building just towers above you. And like, uh, or like when you drive through that tunnel where you kind of drive through the truest building on 400. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. like, wow, wow this right. is insane. <laughs> like such important people up there. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like that guy's driving like this 
tinted window Ferrari with the Falcons mm-hmm. play. Like, I wonder if he plays for the Falcons, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you fly out of a city and you just get, you don't even have that much elevation. You know, you're just, like, around 5,000 feet, 9,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Everything gets so small. And you realize, like, gosh, we're tiny. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you just, like, catapult up to the sky a little bit. And it reminds me of this passage in Isaiah where it's like you you look down on people, even from an airplane, and it's like you can't tell, you know, like a, a like black Porsche and, yeah. you know, a black like dumpy car all look the same. And like it's all just little, small, insignificant people. Right. And like that is God's view in one sense as he looks down on the earth. And I think that's what Isaiah is really pushing into here. But what is so profound about our God compared to how we operate as people yeah. is that he He moves into that insignificance and that, he, you know, verse 29, he gives power to the faint. faint. Right. You know, so 28, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. But then he gives power to the faint. Right. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. And then this beautiful, you know, famous passage about those who wait on the Lord. Right. Will renew their strength. And so he's so high and transcendent. Yeah. And yet also he doesn't look on us with indifference, but with a desire to give strength and power. Right. It's so beautiful. Even when you were saying that, I was thinking back to just the verse that you read up a little bit before, um, what is it, 26 or whatever, where he's like, you get this like huge transcendent God, the creator of the stars. And yet even in that, it says he calls them out by name. Mm. Like, it's just so like, this is not how you would, if you were making this up, like who a God, you know, all powerful God is, you must bow down to me. I Mm -hmm. mean, again, the relational nature of God is just shot through like Mm. the whole, you know, all of his word, Um, even how much he loves his creation. So yeah, then you contrast that with this, um, you know, how much he loves people that he's willing, because the other thing to remember, (laughs) you have to keep reminding yourself about this. He's talking about a people who have literally rebelled against him in the most profane ways. I mean, Judah, it, it's, it would make your skin crawl to actually know the graphic nature of what they did and their sacrifice and their children and how pagan they were living and how patient and forbearing God was. And he kept sending just the prophets like, so this is like after fact, like where they basically did not repent and they have been brought Mm. the judgment that he um, said would happen, the, the, the discipline that he, they would be um, taken into exile by this evil people and this is the people, this is the person that he's saying, mm. I will renew your strength. Mm-hmm. And he says, wait on me, wait on me. Yeah. It's like, go back to, it's like, what can you do in waiting? Um, you know, if you've ever been in that situation, which I know we all have, I mean, even just you feel helpless in a waiting room. I mean, there's literally nothing to do. Like mm-hmm. you're wholly at the mercy of whoever you're waiting mm-hmm. on. And Absolutely. yet what we've seen is like, who would you want to be at the mercy of? Um this God yeah, um, and how much transformation happens uh, in the waiting. Mm. It's just this truly faith building experience. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, I'm not trying to say this as a blanket statement, but just from personal experience, I've never spoken with anyone 
who's deconstructing their faith and leaving their faith behind, who is cognizant of and convinced of the fact that God cares about them. Mm. And, you know, whenever I'm engaged in those sorts of conversations, it tends to be that people see the Bible and they see the central claims is like, there's this massive transcendent God who has, you know, these strict rules for you to live your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus died to like make it a thing, but like, and he's so hard to please. Yes, exactly. And like, that is their understanding of Christianity, which that is a very worthy religion to leave, you know, like, (laughs) right. And because that essentially is Islam or like any other thing. Um, but the the central thing that is like so distinctive about God is like how, how many religions have a like a notion of like a transcendent being or right. you know rules or whatever yeah. but the very profound mystery that is the mystery of the gospel is that God is actually more transcendent more mysterious more unsearchable than any of those other notions of a God mm-hmm yeah, he's also far more personal and he actually is far more loving and, and interested in yeah. these tiny little seemingly insignificant beings who he has created in his image. Right. And he's primarily interested in the weak, mm. not the strong. It's yeah. like he so moves towards weakness. He moves yes. towards rebellion. He moves towards um, people caught in the slavery to their own sin. And yeah. de- I mean, that is the person that he's so actively seeking yeah. and it's um which is all of us and yet how hard people work to resist that kind of love totally. when it's everything that you're longing for and god says it's in these this assurance in not in yourself this confidence in yourself this like pulling yourself together it's literally a, a confidence in me in my strength and my character and my promises and my willingness and my ability to do mm-hmm. this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't know. It boggles the mind, but it also was so life-giving. And that's what he's saying. Like, yes, when you spend time in this place, um, meditating on these truths, asking God to make this true of your heart, that you would believe and that you would move forward in this kind of like, you know, confidence and hope in who he is, you will soar Mm. as Mm -hmm. though you are on eagle's wings. I mean, it is, he breathes life into you. Absolutely. Amen. Well, we could go on, but we best not. (laughs) We'd be here all day. Yeah. Go, go reread it um, yourself and, and just rest in the Lord, wait for the Lord and receive his strength. So for Jennifer McClish, the people's favorite, this is Will Carlisle. Um, (laughs) This is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. 
1-800-285-1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.